This is the Perfect Puppy Podcast with Miriam Pollard, walking you through all the steps you need to train the perfect puppy for your lifestyle. Puppy biting is a very normal and very common problem that all puppy owners will experience. But nonetheless, puppy shark teeth hurt. So learning how to manage it whilst you wait for them to grow out of it definitely makes the process a bit more bearable. Well, that's what we'll be talking about in today's episode, so let's dive in. So before we get into today's episode, let's actually go back and ask ourselves, why do puppies bite? Well, puppies experience the world through their mouths. They find new textures, eat different things, they sniff, and their mouths work as their hands. So, like a baby wants to touch everything, and we need to teach them what is safe and isn't safe to touch, it's the exact same way with our puppies. We need to teach them what is safe and isn't safe to mouth, and also what is appropriate to mouth, obviously our hands not being one of them. The other thing that is a massive factor on puppy biting is the development stages of it. When you bring your puppy home at eight weeks old, they're going to have tiny little shark teeth. During this stage, which is also the prime socialization period, so naturally they're going to be mouthing a bit more because they're experiencing and interacting and getting exposed to the world, they're going to be sniffing, exploring, and all that with their mouths. They'll be chewing different toys, chewing furniture if they get away with it, chewing your hands, clothes, shoes. All these things are very normal during this stage. The severity of biting will also depend on the breed. Naturally, a breed like a Belgian Malinois is going to bite way more than, say, a Labrador. They have different jaws, different purposes, and a Belgian Malinois is bred to bite down. A Labrador is just meant to hold things, so they have a very soft jaw. Belgian Malinois isn't and that's why they're used for say military and protection work because of how much they want to bite. If you look up Belgian Malinois puppies they are literally hanging off the decoy at like six weeks old. So that just goes to show you how important and the severity of genetic predisposition um, will encourage or disencourage certain severity for puppy biting. It also depends on their upbringing. A puppy farm dog wouldn't have gotten the correct nurturing and corrections um, that a mum and their litter mates would have given them if they bite down too hard. They teach them how far they can bite until it hurts. So say when you go to a a reputable uh, breeder, the mum is nurturing the puppies, encouraging um, different play styles. The the litter mates will have told the... um, you know, the, their brothers and sisters that, oh no, that hurts too much when you bite my tail. And they are correcting within the litter. And most of the time, they're doing a lot of their socialization with their mum and litter mates. By the time they come out, you're just maintaining that. And that's when puppy biting usually gets more severe or worse or whatever. Now, the next stage of their puppy severity biting stage is once your puppy hits 16 weeks old which is the end of their prime socialization period, they begin to start teething and losing their teeth. This lasts anywhere from between one to two months and they're in a lot of pain at this stage. They typically need different textures to chew and puppies tend to enjoy getting their their gums massaged because it helps with the pain. 
Once your puppy has new adult teeth, they usually stop puppy biting, which again, um, so anywhere between five to six months old, your puppy would have gotten all their adult teeth. And unless they actively enjoy biting you, whether that's because they've learned that, or say a Belgian Malinois, going back to genetic predisposition, this is going to be a big thing that's going to be with them for life, with a Belgian Malinois. And again, this is mainly when upbringing and genetic predisposition is going to play a role, and most puppies would have stopped puppy biting by now. Again, a lot of factors come into it, but when people ask, oh, why is my you know, Malinois hanging off my arm, it's like, well, genetics. This is when you really start seeing things, you know, come together. Now, before we get into management, it's important to know that if your puppy is tired, excited and playing, they will naturally bite more. When they're overtired, they turn into little terrors, which almost all my clients can back me up on that. And even you know my non-clients you can all back me up on that my friends trainers all them they can agree that they are little terrors when they are tired and their biting is a lot worse during this stage and obviously when they're excited and playing with you your puppy will naturally be using their mouth more again genetic predisposition but I know Tiggy as a puppy would definitely use their mouth more I may have encouraged it a little bit because of playing tug and ball and whatnot but she will sometimes nip me and I've definitely got quite a few scars from her this doesn't really stop until you've taught them to aim their teeth a bit better say at a tug toy or trying to you know teach them to leave very quickly if they go to um, and you know nibble on your arm say but this behavior when they're excited and playing they're not trying to hurt you and honestly puppy biting and biting you isn't meant to actively hurt you it's usually an accident so that's when like things like corrections which we'll get into usually isn't that encouraged unless very rare but I'll get into that later on in the episode so how do we manage our puppies during this puppy biting stage, before the 16 weeks and after the 16 weeks? Well, the first step is to utilize the crate. The crate isn't just for night. It helps with preventing your puppy chewing up your home, and trust me, they will. It gives you a break from their teeth. It gives them structure after play sessions, which is very important to prevent overexhaustion, and help your puppy decompress and relax, which is the main thing all puppies need. The second step is redirect and reward for better mouthing interactions with you. Let me explain. So when your puppy is chewing something, redirection, which is offering them something more appropriate, is usually the best way to get them on off things without having to physically remove them. Now, obviously, in an emergency, that's never a bad thing. But redirection is to say, well, yeah, you might have that, but this is really fun. So play with me and redirect them onto a toy that you have instead. I also like to reward interactions that don't involve their teeth. For example, if my puppy licks my hand, I'll reward that. The third step, which is very similar to the second step, is productive mouthing and interactions. 
which is basically leading on to the second step. It's virtually the same. Similar to redirection, I always set my puppy up for success by giving them appropriate things to chew and destroy and playing with toys that they can chew and tug and destroy as well. The more they interact with other things and the more fun we have that, say, doesn't involve my hands, the less likely they'll aim for my hands straight away because my hands aren't the thing that's moving. It's the toys, it's the chews, it's all the things that I have in my hands that are really good. Obviously, again, accidents happen. Your puppy will chew, you know, you might cry from the pain. I know I have, and that's totally fine. But if we can actively try and encourage our puppies to interact with the things we have and that don't involve our hands and feet then that is obviously way better and way more comfortable. I also like teaching little tricks like a touch command and to also lick my hands instead of biting them. This just further encourages my puppies to not use their teeth on my hands as much so they know how to appropriately interact with me if they want to. My clients have also pointed out which I really never thought about because Tiggy was past this puppy biting stage when I started. But hand feeding has been a game changer for so many of my clients. Because again, your puppy is interacting with your hands way more productively than when you're not hand feeding. Puppies want to interact with you. And when you're encouraging them to interact so much away from you, well, the only thing attached to you is your hands. So obviously your puppy is going to want to interact with you some way. So the best thing, and that gets them attention and positive reinforcement, would be biting, nibbling your hands. That hurt. Same with like when they, you know, attach themselves to your shoe, for example, your toes, and you're running around screaming, oh my God, my God, little shark teeth. That is further encouraging them to want to interact with you by adding hand feeding into the mix you're saying to your puppy well actually I've got again you're redirecting you're saying no don't interact with my hands it's what's in my hands that have all the good stuff and again because of this productive interactions that you are having with your puppy and the non-productive interactions are being decreased because you're utilizing the crate and management techniques like the leash inside then Again, your puppy's not going to go, oh, hands, oh, feet. They're going to go, oh, what do you have? What fun are we going to do today? What training exercises are we going to do today? So step four is desensitization. A lot of puppies tend to bite, growl, and chew more when you're interacting with them. For example, picking them up in case of an emergency, holding them, um, you know, uh, touching their paws, for example, etc., etc. It's important to recognize the context it is in first. For example, if your puppy's asleep and you pick them up and they're like, I'll go away, then obviously don't necessarily desensitize to that because I think every puppy has a right and every dog has the right to not necessarily be moved when they're asleep. But if it's an emergency, I love being proactive and desensitizing my puppy to being handled so they don't feel the need to bite me. Another thing that has been very common with one of my clients, every time they'd pick their puppy up because they needed to walk across the road or something, the puppy would virtually scream. Um, And after a few desensitization techniques, the puppy now is more used to it. Obviously, it's a working process, but they've learned, oh, every time I go and yank and bite you and stuff, and it would be really hard 
um, I get let go. Well, by encouraging and desensitizing them to go, actually, it's really good because every time you interact with me, I get a licky mat, I get food, I, it's a hand feeding session, whatever it may be, actively encourages the puppy to be more accustomed to being handled, which again, by being proactive, in case you need it for an emergency, your puppy will be better off, hopefully. <laughs> And step five, which again, one of my clients has used and it's worked really well, is walking away and ignoring the puppy. This does work with some, not all of them, I find. Um, Sometimes it can just encourages them to just follow you and bite. Um, But it does work with some puppies. And yeah, it really did do wonders with one of my clients, to be honest. The reason why it worked and the reason why it can work is because if the puppy is biting and mouthing for attention again when you're not necessarily you know playing appropriately with toys or hand feeding because the puppy is interacting with you in a more productive way but when you're not doing that it's less productive interactions well then the puppy's going to be like okay i want attention i want to engage with you And the best way to do that and the best way to get your attention is to bite you. Well, by walking away and ignoring, well, the puppy's going to be like, oh, okay, every time I bite, you actually don't give me any attention and we, the game stops. So I'm going to stop that. And that has reduced dramatically. With consistency, the puppy will hopefully soon realize that just biting's not getting him anywhere. And lastly, a very common question I get asked is, should I correct puppy biting? The answer is no, unless, again, context is key, unless it's a very extreme circumstances, which is very rare, and I've never met a puppy or owner that has needed a correction, Um, but I know a few trainers that have, because the puppy was not raised correctly, usually because of lack of nurturing from the mum and litter mates, so a correction was needed to teach the puppy that biting really hurts us, Um, the same way, it's not the same way, but it would be like the mum and litter mates correcting because it's like that's the only way to discourage it everyone who has used it which is very very rare um they've used pretty much all the other steps first and it was again it was like a last result because this puppy was literally latching on um again it's more of like an emergency where nothing is working and relationship and interactions between owner and puppy but again it's extreme circumstances I've never met a puppy that has needed it um young puppy maybe when the puppy's older so for example once they're past the puppy biting stage I do know a dog that will jump up bite you extremely hard and then drag you down by your hair um and this dog is almost 30 kilos over a year old and I didn't have enough knowledge when I knew this dog and it was a good few years ago but a correction would be needed to discourage this just because of the safety aspect of it um and this is really it's not puppy biting but it's biting and again when things aren't aligned and you've not done you've not been proactive and the puppy has found severe enjoyment, (laughs) severe enjoyment of biting you, then yeah, it's like, okay, the, 
the best thing is to correct it just because again safety aspects and when the only interactions with your dog is going to be mouthing and painful mouthing but for tiny puppies and I'm I don't want to go on a little tangent about older puppies but it's very rare this method is needed or used I for one don't actively encourage it um because you never want to discourage confidence in a young pup and if you are ever in this stage where it's so severe get a trainer immediately because you should not be correcting a young puppy without professional help because you can really do more damage than it you can do more harm than good and I'm a balanced trainer for older dogs so I'm not going to say that corrections you know absolutely ruin a dog it doesn't if used correctly and the timing's right and you've you know and have professional help with with a really young puppy it's really no it's not good and yeah don't do it really big no for me for 95 percent, if not 98 percent of puppies that's just how no <laughs> but anyway i went on a little bit of a tangent it's a very common question i get asked i really wanted to answer it and yeah let's just not correct our young puppies and let's do everything else that we possibly can to to help that but again extreme circumstances but puppy biting is very very normal so it's not something that i tend to correct really to recap the best management steps is one utilize the crate the crate is absolutely amazing i love the crate i will always have a crate i can't wait to you know go through the stages of crate training a young puppy and seeing how they develop but most puppies if you do it right they absolutely love their crate two redirect and reward for calm interactions obviously three encourage productive mouthing and interactions like in step two with appropriate toys and chews teaching a touch command and also hand feeding Step four, desensitization to being handled, maybe your shoes moving and anything that actively encourages mouthing and biting. And step five, walking away and ignoring is another method that works really well for some puppies. And finally, should you correct a puppy? And the answer is no, you should not for at least 99% of dogs, (laughs) puppies. I hope you have found this useful. If you want to learn more about solving and managing puppy biting, then I highly recommend joining the waiting lists for my upcoming program. There'll be an entire module just on puppy biting and other things that help manage it and, you know, appropriate chews and things like that. I really cannot wait to share this project with you. When I finally launch it, it's going to be amazing. And as always, have a lovely, lovely day and hopefully see you next week. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Perfect Puppy Podcast with Miriam Pollard. For more tips and advice, follow Think Dog Academy on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode.